Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, March 23rd. Coming up, we'll hear what retail and food service workers are hoping to see from a downtown baseball stadium. But first, some headlines. The Missouri House of Representatives has once again voted to legalize sports betting in the state. Rachel Lippman has more. The bill would allow Missouri residents to wager on college and professional athletics at casinos or using online platforms like DraftKings. Bets would be taxed at 10 percent, with the proceeds going toward education. The bill also requires the state's Gaming Commission to regularly issue a report on gambling in the state. The report would have to include data on compulsive gambling and recommendations to address it. Supporters include all of the state's professional sports teams, although the players' unions are opposed. Lawmakers have tried since 2018 to permit wagering on sports in Missouri, but the measures have gotten waylaid by debates around video gaming terminals. The bill now goes to the state Senate, where a version of sports betting awaits first-round approval. It's been three years since Kansas City went under a stay-at-home order because of COVID-19. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports doctors expect to deal with the disease for the foreseeable future. Cases have slowed from their peak over the past few years as many people get vaccinated against COVID. Even so, doctors frequently battle case spikes and overflowing emergency rooms. Dana Hawkinson is the chief infectious disease expert at the University of Kansas Health System. He says COVID spikes are developing seasonal patterns. You know, initially those first two years, I think it was just community spread no matter what season it was. About 4.4 percent of inpatient beds at Metro hospitals are currently occupied by people with serious cases of COVID-19, half as many as at the start of the year. The Missouri House of Representatives passed a bill yesterday to keep landfills from being located too close to residential areas. ACUR's Chris Fortune reports if the bill becomes law, it would affect a potential landfill in South Kansas City. The bill, sponsored by Pleasant Hill Republican Mike Hafner, ensures a landfill permit would not be issued if the site is within a mile of another city without their approval. The previous boundary was half a mile. Several cities and counties surrounding Kansas City have opposed the potential landfill. Kansas City, in response, put a hold on new permits until a review of the city's trash needs is complete. Hafner said the developers should discuss the location openly with the surrounding communities and not only with lobbyists at the state capitol. There's no consideration for these homeowners and about their health, their welfare, their safety. The bill now goes to the Senate. We'll be back after this. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. A potential downtown baseball stadium would be an economic boon, possibly creating 20,000 jobs, according to Kansas City Royals owner John Sherman. 
Yesterday, we heard from Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas about how a stadium could benefit the city. And today, we hear from workers who want to make sure their voices are a part of the conversation. Stand Up KC is a coalition of fast food, retail, and low-wage workers who want the stadium to bring good wages, job security, and affordable housing. KCUR's Reginald David spoke to two members of the group, Bill Thompson and Terrence Wise. Starting with Bill, they told him what they hope to see from a downtown baseball stadium. As I said earlier, you know, the new stadium and entertainment district could potentially bring in almost 20,000 jobs and attraction to the city. But it sounds like the people that actually have to work these jobs wouldn't be the one to benefit under these current wages. Is that correct? Well, very correct. You, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, I'm, I, I work at the, my same job for 10 years, and I'm getting paid $12 an hour for that job. And I should point out that the current living wage for Jackson County residents is $16.68, according to the MIT living wage calculator, and that's nowhere near $12. No, not even close. At the second listening session, uh, you all proposed a community benefits agreement, which uh, Bill uh, just mentioned. Terrence, can you tell us what the agreement entails? Definitely. You know, it's a it's a it's a community benefits agreement, and what it means is that look, our tax dollars are going into funding this. Now, I know John Sherman and the rules say that they'll put in the majority of the money needed for the project, but still, our tax money is a. Uh, going into this. And when I talk about that, I'm not talking just about low-wage and poor workers. I'm talking about everyone within earshot. If you bought a Sprite this morning, that coffee you bought, a percentage of that purchase, anything you buy, some of that money is going towards help funding this new project. So we should be getting something out of it. The rules are asking us a lot. That's money coming out of our schools, roads, our infrastructure. So we should get a lot in return with the community benefits agreement. And it's simply put, we want for first source hiring hall. That means that folks that are underemployed and unemployed in Kansas City and targeted zip codes like 64127, 64129, where I've resided, and many others in poor parts of the city should have a first choice at getting some of these jobs and benefit from them. We're asking for labor peace. That means for employers in and around the district to stay neutral and not be union busting. We say in uh, the labor movement, union busting is disgusting. So we want uh, employers to be neutral and not try to union bus folks trying to organize. We need a wage floor in this new entertainment district, meaning livable wages, whether you work in or outside or around the new district. And all the current stadium workers who are in a union should be able to maintain their jobs and keep union peace. And last but not least, simply put in the community benefits agreement, we want affordable housing. Folks should not have to pay 50, 30 percent of their income just to live in and around the entertainment district. That's all we want out of a strong community benefits agreement from the Royals. And Bill, when this agreement was brought up, what was the initial reaction from the Royals? Were they on board? Um, They were slow at first. Um, They didn't know quite how to take the agreement. Uh, But as I mean, as the meetings progressed, um, I mean, we we showed up at every meeting you know, in numbers. And basically, I mean, that's what a union does. I mean, we show up in numbers to get things that we can't accomplish by ourselves. And they saw that we were serious. 
So they started addressing a lot of these issues, but uh, so far it's been a lot of talk. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this is the show me state. I'm like, where's the community benefits agreement? Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds like this is sort of up in the air. Do you think there is a lot of hope still? Mm, I think there is. I mean, the channels of communication are definitely open. I mean, they addressed us directly in the last two meetings. They they acknowledged our movement was there. But, uh, you know, with those voices and what our demands are, we're, we're demanding action. And Terrence, are there any positives that you all see with this? Are you hearing anything from people in your community or others at Stand Up KC? Yeah, like Bill said, from being in the meeting is, and listening and hearing John Sherman and, and the folks on stage agree to having a strong community benefits agreement, that's one thing. And I know they, they say that they still haven't picked a final site to build a stadium so they can't uh, commit to certain things. But I know that regardless of where it's being built, the proposed entertainment district, they can commit right now to... Um, not only having a strong community benefits agreement, but having folks like me and Bill and folks from labor unions and churches and uh, civil rights organization like NAACP, Moore Squared, having jobs, Missouri Jobs with Justice, having workers and low-wage poor folks on this table when it comes to shaping this community benefits agreement. We know that they had folks who specialize in building the stadiums telling us about why we need and what it'll look like. They had what Goldman Sachs in there helping them invest and talk about what it looks like financially moving forward. So they should have folks like me, Bill, and the folks I described at the table when it comes to drafting this community benefits agreement. Just makes sense. The Royals have their lease until 2031, but can start making moves sooner. Is there any talk about what you all will do if the agreement doesn't get implemented? Well, we've been um, helping build a movement here in Kansas City for over a decade. And it's not only been for economic justice, but for racial equality, uh, too. And when it comes to a massive project, a $2 billion project, let's be clear, it's going to shape this city moving forward. It's either going to be good or be bad for Kansas City. It's either going to contribute to the crime we've seen, what, homicides every night, poverty, low wages. It's either going to contribute to the bad conditions that we see in and around our city, or it's going to um, improve things with uh, union jobs and good paying jobs and uh, the ability to sustain your family here in Kansas City. This project will either be good or bad. And so um, when we talk about um, the community benefits agreement and what the Royals can do, John Sherman can leave a lasting legacy here in Kansas City and really change what our city looks like and be beneficial for everyone, not just the wealthy, you know. And, and maybe just a couple more points here. Uh Bill, what would getting paid a livable wage mean for you? Let's just say you got paid the average livable wage, which is $16.68. It would be life-changing um, in many respects. Um, I would feel more, I would be able to lift my head up higher. You know, uh, it's very uh, depressing to know that you only make enough you don't even make enough to put food on the table after you've worked and worked and worked all day some days i work 10 hours a day without a break um these sacrifices that we make for these companies 
we just don't want to see that for the other workers that are coming up, you know, in this in this district. We don't want to see them face the same challenges, struggles that we do. I mean, I mean, our community here in Kansas City and and surrounding areas has been scarred, you know, for the past 50 years with segregation, racial inequality, uh, financial inequality. I, I have co-workers that, you know, that work for my company that have been sleeping in tents. It's it's ridiculous. And these these people don't deserve the same. And Terrence, you have three kids. So looking at that, the average livable wage, it looks like you would sort of need to be making between 20 and 23 dollars an hour. What would that mean for your family? And also, what would it mean to have a union and a voice at your job? Well, you know, they have the ability to uh, negotiate not only what wages look like for me and my family, but uh, what health care looks like, mm-hmm. what, the, what a retirement plan looks like, and what a, what a better quality of life looks like for me and my family. You know, not being homeless ever again with my kids, being able to see a doctor whenever I get ill and being able to not have to risk going to work and being put in the public at risk because I'm I can't afford to miss a day of work, you know. And I know it's so so hard, you know, because like hearing Bill talk about not being to a Royals game since '87, I haven't been to a Royal game in over ten years myself, and definitely haven't been able to afford to take my kids to see the Royals play. But even folks who may be listening who work in Raytown, Olathe, uh, nowhere near where this uh, entertainment district may be built, this entertainment district has a opportunity to cause a ripple effect across our um, our great state. Imagine 3,000 new workers in a new union in an entertainment district and the way that that will not only change that area but our whole um, city and our state as well. It will help lift wages and make union jobs possible for thousands of workers across the city. And that's what we want out of this project, it to be a part of the solution in making our quality of lives better. That was KCUR's Reginald David speaking to Stand Up KC members Bill Thompson and Terrence Wise. You can hear their entire conversation from KCUR's Up to Date at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast was produced by Paris Norvell and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news and state legislative coverage from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.